Why does it keep doing that? And what the little like flick? Yeah, like flickers beforehand. No, I don't no, know no. why it does that. That's new. It didn't do that in the past. Hi guys, my name's Aiden Mattis. <laughs> this is Thorn Bussy. We no, aren't no. having technical difficulties, believe it or not. We're just confused about software. Yep. It's uh, not difficulties. It's just irregularity. Ah, uh, yeah. That's that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um. You know, that felt like a Star Wars quote. I know it wasn't. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But, but it did. these aren't difficulties, they're irregularities. Yeah. Seems like something that like one of the Imperial officers would say, trying to yeah, save yeah, yeah. that skin. Um, but <laughs> what we're going to be talking about today is uh, we're going to be going over a little bit of some stuff we've touched on before, as well as, because the Sierra Nevada mountain range is, uh, you know, big, and it has a lot of weirdness around it, and mm-hmm. uh, it also stretches down into Yosemite. Um, we're gonna be talking about a number of things because there's a bunch of weird stuff that's happened um, in specifically that area, that set of mountain ranges up the western yep. side of the country, from the uh, very odd deaths of those two that family last year. I'm trying to remember their names, um, but I, I'll pull it up. Uh, actually, could you look up for me? Um, to Sierra Nevada family dies 2021. Um, there's that, uh, and then. Um, on top of that, we've also got a, a cluster of missing 401 cases that occurred in Yosemite in the late in the latter half of the 1900s um, that just really don't make a ton of sense. And of course, these are before all of the type of surveillance and cell phones and all of that. So it's a little bit, you know, there's a, a greater chance in this case that these disappearances were not anything strange, but. At the same time, with Stacey Aris case specifically, there's just so many unanswered questions. And did you find it? Was it the uh, Chung Garish family? Yeah. Okay. Uh, John Garish and Ellen Chung, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to just touch on that really quick. One-year-old daughter. Yeah, they had a one-year-old child uh, and a dog. And they were only a mile down the trail. I think this was like July or August of 2020 or 2021. They were only like a mile down the trail from their car. They had a full bottle of water. It wasn't, it was hot, but it wasn't like that hot. It was not, I don't think it was even over 100 degrees that day. Uh, so yeah, yeah out west. Yes. Yeah, getting up into the 90s. Yeah. Like that's still hot. And if you're out for a long time without yeah. water, without any shelter, you're going to be in trouble. But, but they were not, it doesn't appear that's what happened. Yeah. They, were out again the the part that strikes me they were only a mile from the car yeah, i think a mile it was either a mile or three miles mm-hmm. either way that is not far enough out to be stuck especially yeah. along a well-marked trail and if i remember correctly again they had all sorts of theories oh maybe there was uh you know algae in the river and they drank some of the river water or something like that happened yep. maybe it was uh you know a a sudden sort of thing, maybe it was contaminated food, but there were no traces of toxicity in their systems. There were no signs that there was foul play, and they eventually chalked it up to, I think, uh, hyperthermia, heat stroke. Mm. Um, and they basically said, yeah, they just they just died of exposure to the elements. But 
that doesn't really track. If I remember correctly, uh, one of the parents was laying down with the child where they found them. The other one was several yards away, and the dog also died. Uh, there's just so much about that case that doesn't make any sense whatsoever that mm-hmm. I remember questioning it a lot. But then there are also the cases like with, uh, you know, the one one that's been very close to home for us, Gabby Petito, where, what? Just just one particular sentence that'll, that'll really speak to you. Sure. I'm not sure if you were going to get to this point at any point, but it says, there is a mine shaft within a couple miles of where the family was found, <laughs> but uh, Bree said there's no evidence they entered the shaft or where, even went near it. But, you know, it's not really about going into the mines. Yeah, it's about what comes there. out of the mines. Yes. Which, still, in this case, I don't think would... I mean, there's what comes out of a mine and kills people with no sign of trauma. Yep. So, I don't know. And, and again, no toxicity. It it seems like they just kind of laid there and died. Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't make any sense at all. No. Uh, and then there's... But there also are the cases like Gabby Petito, where went missing, and it was a very real murder. So it's, you know... But in that case, of course, there were signs of physical trauma, yep. which is what made the John Garish Alan Chung case so strange is there were no signs of trauma. Yep. Um, but there's there's been a string of bad things that have happened in this area. For example, the case of uh, Carrie Stainer, mm. who was a serial killer who murdered uh, at least four women in um, 1999. And did a lot of really horrible, awful things to them. Uh, I'm not going to go into it on this show. If you're curious, Mr. Ballin has a great episode on it. We might hit hit it at some point. Mm. But uh, if you want to get the story sooner rather than later, Mr. Ballin has a case on it. Uh, I can't remember the title of the video, but I can see about linking it in the description. But yeah, so this was in Yosemite where he basically just, you know, preyed on women. He was living out there, and uh, it's such a big place that it's really hard to find people, even in the 90s, when you had cell phones and you had yeah. the internet and, you know, much faster communication. Yeah, wasn't as prolific as it is today, but even still. But it's just such a big place. Yeah. So there's so many places to hide, so many places to put a body. And honestly, with these cases, it pretty much always ends up being that the killer accidentally or intentionally gets themselves caught yep. by getting too close to the case or something like that. One uh, one commonality with serial killers is that they will often insert themselves into the investigation in some way. Part and it's that there's any number of psychological reasons for it. I've heard big egos. I've heard that it's an ego thing. I've yep. heard that it's more of a pragmatic like I want to see if they're on to me kind yep. of thing. Uh, and then for some it's just the thrill of almost getting caught. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It, you know, there's a number of reasons that people do these things, but in these specific cases that we're going to be talking about today, none of that applies, and that's what makes them so weird. And and that's why I wanted to start this off by talking about, yeah, there are serial killers, and there are people who, uh, you know, fall into a, a mine shaft, and there are people who apparently die of heat stroke. Yeah. Yeah, that even says in this article that it's like just the fact that it happened with all three of them in that close of proximity together with that tight of a timeline is very coincidental. That nobody... Like, yeah. Because the thing is, the heat stroke, it should have affected them each at different times. Exactly. Like, a six-foot-tall man who's 200 pounds is going to get heat stroke at a much, on a much different timeline yep. than a small Chinese woman. Like, or, or a one-year-old child. Yeah, exactly. And the dog on top of it all. Yeah. And the weirdest part about that was that their water bottle was still... Their, their, water, bottles, bo- their water bottles were full. Yeah. Which means which that that's just they didn't, really they didn't dehydrate. Like, yep. A lot of people were like, oh, well, maybe they were trying to conserve it and ended up getting dehydrated. No, that's not how that happens. <laughs> like, no. You're, you're more likely to 
finish it off and make an attempt to get out than you are to just let it kill you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with these cases that we're looking at today, none of that applies because there's no signs of foul play. There was... Uh, they were on well-marked trails. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, three of them were actually never found. Not even bodies. So what happened... We may never know. Uh, with the case of the first guy, we don't even have a name for this guy. But uh, yeah, also in in name to your comment about this case, mm-hmm. in which the you know there was algae and, and this, like slightly there were toxins in the water in the river mm-hmm. water. They tested the the water like bladder thing that they had, mm-hmm. and there was none of that toxin in it. Yep, which shows that they didn't refill it at the river. Mm-hmm. So. It just doesn't make any sense at all. I saw in here somewhere, um, someone said, I sent you something on Patreon. It's important. Do you think you can respond? Uh, I would need to know what name it is. I've been horrible about responding to Patreon messages. I I will admit that. I've been so bad about it. Uh, It's like, it's probably the one that I should pay the most attention to, but the app makes it so painful to respond. The the Patreon app on the phone is just not good. I need to do it on my computer. Yeah. But yeah, if you let me know uh, what name it is on Patreon, then I can look for it that way. Because I assume that your name on Patreon is not Sturdy Industries. If it is, however, be kind of cool if it, it was. It doesn't look. Yeah, I don't see it in here. You know. Um, yeah. So average temperature of Nevada lower than Pennsylvania probably has to do with that. Then. Nighttime temperatures probably yeah. have a lot to do with it. Nighttime also. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit more consistent temperature-wise there, yeah. whereas we get, I mean, granted, we, we have cold winters, but... swings. Yeah, I mean, for those who don't live on the east coast of the U.S., I mean, it's... They're cold winters. They're not as extreme as you might get up, like, in the Canada border states, but you also get extremely hot summers. Mm-hmm. So it's like you get... Whereas, like, Dakotas and things like that, they get really harsh winters, but relatively mild summers... And then down you in Florida, Texas, things like that. Yeah, it's like, you know, there's more consistency on either side. East Coast just gets the worst of both. Plus, it's humid as hell. So, yeah. And, what, I mean, there's there's a lot of trees here. Yes. <laughs> like, the, the heat just gets trapped in all the moisture. Yep. yep. With a place like Nevada, it's so dry that the heat can't really hang around in the air quite as much. So, yep. uh, Pennsylvania, very warm place, also a very cold place. Yep. Anywhere between, like, Georgia and... Like Southern New York is very similar yeah. in terms of like it's it's a variation of maybe ten degrees on any given day, which is wild because uh, the southern states like Georgia and South mm-hmm. Carolina are on the same latitude as Africa. Yeah, like <laughs> it's insane. A lot of people don't know don't really think about that, but Pennsylvania has the same latitude as Portugal. Yeah, like we're <laughs> yeah we're directly across the Atlantic from each other. So if you're ever if you're ever in Pennsylvania, you're like, why is it so hot here in the summer? It's because we're on the same latitude as Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it is it is very bipolar. But uh, to get to the actual content of the night, mm. uh, I want to really quickly go through some of the history of Yosemite. So I'm just I just pulled it up from Wikipedia because that's the easiest way to do this. I didn't need to sit and take notes on it. Like right. this isn't my own analysis. But uh, it's obviously in count. In California, surrounded on the southeast by the Sierra National Forest and on the northwest by the Stanislaus National Forest. Park is managed by the Park Service and covers an area of 759,620 acres or 1,187 square miles. I just really quickly want to pull something up. Um, sure. Countries <laughs> with a square mileage under I think it's annoying 2, that you need like a permit to go through it. I just saw that on the Yosemite's website. Yeah. Um 
dumb. Because there there are countries, if I'm not mistaken, that are um, smaller than Yosemite. Uh, so French Polynesia is smaller than Yosemite National Park. Cape Verde, Samoa, Luxembourg, Mauritius, Comoros, Hong Kong, Sao Tome and Principe, uh, Kiribati, Dominica, Tonga, Bahrain, the Federated States of Micronesia, Singapore, Guam, Palau, uh, Seychelles, I didn't even know half these countries existed. Um, <laughs> Cook Islands, the Marshall Islands, Liechtenstein, San Marino, Tuvalu, Monaco, Tokelau, Nauru. Like, uh, and it's only slightly smaller than Trinidad and Tobago and Brunei and about half the size of Puerto Rico. So That's probably the most relevant because I feel like yeah. a lot of people aren't familiar with Tonga. Yeah, so it, think about that. It's about half the size of Puerto Rico. That is huge. Yep. It is massive. It is, I believe it might be bigger than Rhode Island, actually. I, I, I think it is. I want to make sure I'm right about that, though. Yep, it's bigger than Rhode Island. So, Yosemite is larger than the smallest U.S. state. That's fun. <laughs> like, That's fun. That is utterly insane. Um, but I just wanted to give you guys an idea of the scale of what we're dealing with here yep. in terms of a, a, a park. Um, it sits in four counties. Uh, the most important one, the one we're talking about today, is Mariposa. Uh, I I believe the Mariposa might be the county where John Garrish and Ellen Chung died. I would look into that. Yep. Um, it's a World Heritage Site. It is... Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So Mariposa County has some weird stuff going on, was the point of that. But we're talking about, it's Central California, Central Eastern California, yep. basically borders Nevada, and it is gorgeous it is stunningly beautiful yeah it's it's latitudinally latitudinally like directly in line with san francisco essentially yeah so so it is gorgeous place it is one of the most visited parks in the world it is like one of the gems of the country yeah and that is one of the things the united states is praised for around the world is our national park system because we really did it we did a great job protecting these national wilderlands and and landmarks mm -hmm. but in 1968, near Tanaya Peak, a body was found in a crevice with no signs of trauma, no signs of injury, mm -hmm. just a body. Yep. Now, it had no identification. Mm -hmm. They could only tell that this was a man, and the cause of death, just not there. They just found this body. Yep. Um, based on that, you know, it didn't seem like he had injuries that would have prevented him from getting out of the crevice. So the only thing you can really think there is, you know, maybe heat stroke, poisoning, yeah, was killed somewhere maybe. else and dumped there yep. with, with toxins. There's any number of possibilities, but this becomes kind of the focal point of a number of disappearances. And we're going to talk about three of them today that are some of the more well-documented ones. But uh, that's in 1968, and it's almost 10 years before another one that's significant comes up. And that's mm -hmm. the case of Jeff Estes. Mm -hmm. And this is, by the way, it has a case number because the National Park mm -hmm. Service actually does keep a record of some missing persons cases, but not all of them, I guess. For this is the part that bugs me is this one's in 1976 and it has a case number, but they said they don't keep a record when Politis asked about Stacey Aris. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So why is there a case number for this one and not for Stacey Aris? They clearly keep a list, and that list is not public, and that's why when Polite is called and asked and said, hey, I want a list of missing persons, and they said, you need to pay us for it, and then he brought out the money, and they said, well, you're never getting the list. The list doesn't exist, but you're never getting the list. And he was like, does the list exist or not, guys? And then they hung up on him. Um, Naturally. But yeah, so this is an, at National Park Service case NP1918-9993. 
Um, and it's a pretty simple one in terms of the, the actual details, but it's the surrounding area that makes it strange mm. because Jeff was dropped off in Yosemite for a two-day solo hike, which might sound daunting, but here's the thing. It was May 24th, 1976, and he was a 25-year-old man. So you and I probably could handle a two-day solo hike. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, the weather in Yosemite is mild, especially this time of year. We were dealing with an average high of 67 degrees and a low of 38. Well, that, that low is cold. Yeah. But it's also not, like... If you're not prepared, you can get hypothermic, yeah. but, like... Yeah, so again, like if he had if he had managed to get wildly off course or something like that, that would have been a problem. Yeah. Uh winds can reach up to 46 miles per hour, but they average about 10. Okay. So we're not but what I need to do here is point out this is an extremely mild environment. It would be very hard to die of exposure. Yeah. Out here. I uh, Jeff was also 5'10, mm-hmm. he was 165 pounds. This was the 70s, so much less obesity. This yeah. guy's in good shape, solid build, average height, brown hair, which matched the style of the 70s, so yeah. like yours. Um, <laughs> he had green eyes, which is just about the only thing that made him look not average for the 70s. He had a mustache, and he was wearing blue jeans, a blue sweatshirt, and a baseball cap. This man was literally as nondescript as you can get. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and he sets off from the juncture of Tioga Road and May Lake Road. Now, why is that significant? Tioga Road is also U.S. Highway 120, I believe. I've got it somewhere in here. I want to make sure that it's uh, that that's right. Yeah, Highway 120. May Lake Road shoots off of Tioga, and it leads basically due north to the May Lake Trailhead, which branches into three trails. Okay. One of those trails leads to May Lake, and it runs parallel to Snow Creek, which runs out of the lake. The farthest point between the trail and that creek is about mm-hmm. a quarter of a mile. Okay. So if you're walking on the trail and you're going north, yep. and you find yourself turned around and lost, you, first of all, can probably hear the creek. Yeah. Second of all, I, I assume he had a compass, but basically, in order to get lost, mm-hmm. you would have to start heading east. Yeah. And within a, within a quarter mile, you would know, I'm going the wrong direction. Because if you are off the trail yep. and you're not finding a creek, then you're going east. Because the trail runs north to south. Yeah. So again, the only way he could have gotten off the trail is to go east. And he should have known that he was off the trail at that point. Yeah. Um, from the trailhead to the camp, how long do you think it would be? What's the distance? That's what I'm saying. How long do you think the trail is? Oh, uh, I mean, if it's a two-day hike from... Probably, I don't know, maybe max three, two, three miles. Less than a mile from the trailhead to the camp. And this is a, this is a high Sierra camp, so yeah. there is a there there just like with uh, Sunrise from the Stacey Aris case. Yeah, there are like eight cabins that sleep thirty five people. Got it. Okay. Yep. Less than a mile from the trailhead to the camp, with a creek on one side, within view of the trail. Yeah. And you're going uphill. Yep. So all you have to do to orient yourself here is what time of day is it? Where is the sun? Well, maybe I can't see the sun. Maybe maybe it's cloudy. All right. Well, uh, am I going up or down? If I'm going down, I'm going the wrong way. Yep. All right. Is there a creek directly in front of me? If not, I'm going the wrong way. 
So there's all these places, all these ways to orient yourself. Yep. On top of this, the total distance from the uh, point where he got off of Tioga yep. to Maylake Camp, mm-hmm. just 2.66 miles. And 1.66 miles of those yep. are along a road. Now, it's not the best road in the world. It's gravel. But it's a road. But it's a road. You can't get off of it. Like, it, there's no way to accidentally get off of this road. Yeah. You would have to deliberately leave. Yeah. Um, and the other two trails lead back down to a parking lot on Tioga. It's basically all south, and it's downhill. And the other one leads southeast towards Tanaya Lake, which is only a few miles away. Yeah. So, really, under no circumstances could he have gotten lost. He did not make it to Mae Lake. <laughs> In no way could he have gotten lost. He, he got, got lost. lost. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. So he he doesn't make it to Mae Lake. And they do search for him, mm-hmm. but they don't find anything. Yeah. Now, is it possible that he crossed the creek and they lost his scent and couldn't find him after that? Yeah. But why would he cross the creek? Then he would know that he was going the wrong way. Yeah. So... There's really only so many places he could have ended up. Mm-hmm. How far can you really walk off a trail in a national park? I mean, also like how far would you really want to walk? Exactly, because you get a certain you get park. you get far enough, you're going to know that you're off course. Yeah. So what really happened here? Um, we don't know. Case is considered cold, and he was never seen or heard from, and you know he's just presumed dead. That was not the last one. Because Stacey Aris, in 1981, who we've covered, on a multi-day mm-hmm. horseback riding trip with her father uh, and a number of people, they get to high, Sunrise High Sierra Camp. I think it was around, we said, what, early afternoon? I think so, yeah. yeah. it was early afternoon. I don't remember the details off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Early afternoon, they arrive at Sunrise High Sierra Camp. She gets changed, you know, cleans up a little bit, tells her dad, hey, I'm going to go for a hike down to take some pictures of the lake. She brings her camera. She, You know, he tells her, hey, you should probably switch out of your flip-flops into mm-hmm. sneakers. She does. Um, this older guy whose name is up in the air and they don't know how old he actually was and there's a lot of questions about it. He goes in, he goes halfway down with her and then decides, ah, you know, I'm too tired, I'm going to stop, just come back whenever. Asks the people who are coming up the trail a few hours later if they've seen her, they haven't. Uh, They launch this extensive search, dogs can't find her, granted it's a German Shepherd, not bloodhounds, but dogs can't find her, the National Park Service has, like, no available information they stonewalled politis when he asked about it uh there's a weird thing where a lot of the stories mention that they found her camera lens cap but i couldn't find that in any official or news report okay so i don't know how much i believe that one i feel like that might have been an added detail to maybe make people think that something weird happened we're talking about a time where you didn't have cell phones but you did have walkie talkies Nobody knows what happened to Stacy. No. There was not a trace of her. No clothes, no shoes, no nails, like no no hair. Yep. They never found anything, anything at all matching her. Uh, also, he said, names Athian. I had some experience with demonic forces. I will get to that by the end of, of the show, I promise you. I have it pulled up right now. I'll, uh, I'll go pull that exact one up. But yeah, Stacy just never, ever, ever turns up. There were some weird things that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, uh, I think the the fire watch part of the service was doing some sort of training exercise and mm-hmm. didn't let the search and rescue teams know, and they almost had helicopters hit each other. But that's not really 
That's just incompetence. That's just incompetence. That's yeah. not the same thing. Yeah. I, uh, you know, nothing is ever found of Stacy and the National Park Service, despite the fact that the case is completely cold, refuses to let private investigators see any of the information. Yeah. Um, going so far as to say that those records don't exist and then claiming that you can't have the list, which apparently exists. How do I know it exists? Because I found case numbers from the National Park Service. Uh, the Department of Justice actually does now have um, their own site that does list certain missing persons cases from the national parks yeah but they're not quite the same it's not the national park service doing it. yeah um and then we've got the case of timothy barnes this one's 1988 okay timothy was 6'4 he was 180 pounds he was 24 with dark brown hair and brown eyes mm-hmm. he's a resident of rancho cucamonga which is in california and he was camping with some buddies at Tanaya Lake. Now, Tanaya Lake is a couple miles southeast of May Lake. Um, and it is, I believe, a few miles northwest, if I'm remembering correctly, mm-hmm. of Sunrise High Sierra Camp, which is where Stacey Aris went missing. Jeff Estes went missing over by May Lake. This is Tanaya Lake. Mm-hmm. And Stacy was Sunrise Lakes. Yep. So, a little bit of a, a cluster here. We're, you know, looking at an arc of maybe seven miles. Timothy set off on a day hike to Polydome Lakes, which is north of Tenaya Lakes, mm-hmm. via the Murphy Creek Trail, which, as you can imagine, runs alongside Murphy Creek. So there is one point at which you cross the creek. Mm-hmm. But the entire way you're going up here, the creek is either directly on your left or directly on your right. And it's not a quarter mile. It's, like, right like there. Right there, yeah. Several yards. So, again... Really no way to get lost, unless you're completely incompetent. Yeah. Uh, It's about 2.1 miles long, and it starts on Highway 120 on Tioga, just northwest of the lake, like literally on the lake. Um, And the trail itself, 2.1 miles to the lakes. Granted, it is a miracle that he was able to do this hike, because he had an orthopedic pin in his ankle, I don't know how you hike with that. I mean, if it's done right, I guess, but that's less than ideal to say the yeah, least. Yeah, like, I I wonder why his friends let him go off alone. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, I would not let my friend with a orthopedic pin in his ankle go hiking alone, especially in a place where people have gone missing in yeah. the last six years. Uh, but they were expecting Timothy to go on his day hike up to the lakes, again, two miles. This should reasonably take you less than two hours to do the entire trip. Yeah. Still would be reasonable to say it's going to take you up to five hours round trip. Yeah. Especially if you're stopping to sightsee, if you're stopping for a snack. Yep. You meet somebody along the way. Yep. You know, you want to draw something. Yeah. But still, that is a day hike. That is not a long trip at all. It's not an overnight deal. You and I have done hikes that long in like an hour and a half over in Valley Forge. Yep. So, not a big deal, this hike. He did not return that day. He had left at 9 a.m. And by the time it was getting dark, he was not back. Talking about uh, July 5th, 1988. It's the longest part of the year. This guy probably had a solid 12 hours from the time he left to the time it was the sun was going down. Yeah. Yeah. It should not take you that long 
you know, sun sunsets about that time of year, assuming latitudes roughly yellow, roughly similar in that relation. It's gonna be sunset about nine p.m. Yeah, eight thirty nine p.m. So he should have had daylight at least till nine p.m. Yeah, and again, up at Poly Lakes, up at Polydome Lakes, there is there's not a campsite. There's a picnic area. Yeah. So you know, there's there's a spot to sit there, and if if you you're having trouble getting back, you feel like you can't, you could sit there and wait. Yep. Um, and the thing was, all he had to do, if he did get up there, he made it to Polydome Lakes, all he had to do was stay there. Yeah. Because his friends would knew where he was going. But he doesn't come back. Uh, they do not report him missing that night. Yeah. I don't know, maybe they figure he decided to camp. There's not a ton of details about this case to be found, unfortunately. Uh, this is the, unfor- the unfortunate part about the 80s cases. It's just that there's not a ton of info on them. Um, and I don't like to use Politis' research, because to be honest, it can kind of sometimes leave out facts. So for all of the, and we've gotten some comments on some of these, uh, some of our missing four one videos where people say, you really should credit David Politis. You know, he's the one doing the research for these. I don't use Politis's research. Nope. We've kind of made it a point, uh, just for the sake of mm-hmm. honestly, some respect in the sense of like, we don't want to just plagiarize other people's hard work. And plus, I mean, th- there's no better source than the primary yeah. source. And sometimes we've seen that either conflicting things have appeared in other people's research or like he just mentioned some facts that we deem important are left out in other people's research yeah. and look editorializing is something that journalists have to do no matter what you can't give every fact in a story you have to decide you know which facts really make sense which which facts you know don't for the story so like if if somebody said that let's say there's a the missing person story and within the context of that story there's like five pages of preamble about what they got at a clothing store two days prior. They didn't even take any of those clothes on the trip. It's just a recount of that. You would leave that out because it's not actually important to the missing person story. And then obviously that's a, a extreme example. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, is that there are certain things that you have to leave out for brevity. Yeah. And at the end of the day, there's, you know, I, I think that one of the differences between our channel in yeah. terms of how we approach this material is that we approach it as researchers. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is an investigation for us. Yep. I want, I'm going to look at this case and look at the facts and see if I can come up with a theory. Yep. Um, and I would love to go test these theories if we ever yep. get the funding to do so. But a lot of channels, and I, this is not any shade to anybody because it's just different styles of content. Yeah. Uh, a lot of channels will sit there and they'll just read the story. Yep. And they're just doing storytelling. And that's totally fine. Mr. Ballin has made himself one hell of a career. Yep. Being a storyteller. Yep. And storytelling is important and it's great entertainment. It's different from what we do and that's fine. Yeah. You know, I I don't but that's also why we are very like specific. Yeah, we don't we don't use David Blades's research. Yeah. We use our own. And sometimes, you know, there's probably gonna be cases where he had access to information that we don't. Yep. But another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At the same time, I would I would rather fail on my own flaws exactly. than on someone else's. Yep. So, and, and that kind of mindset started because originally we were just doing these based on his research. Mm-hmm. And then things started to crop up here and there, especially in June once we went up to New York. Yeah. When we went up to New York to research the Tom Messick case, mm-hmm. we got a lot of conflicting information. Yeah. So that made me look at the David Politis stuff and be like, all right, so he's got his theories, he's got his message. 
but it's a message. It's not necessarily what we want to do. Um, so that's that's kind of what I think differentiates us at, at that point. Yep. But yeah, so... Oh, I also forgot to mention Timothy had a Marlboro uh, addiction. He was he was a smoker. Yep. Um, but it was also the 80s, so... Yeah, pretty everyone, much. Everyone and their mother and their daughter and son yep. and babies were smoking. Yep. Um, I think I've smoked maybe five cigarettes in my life. One of them was your fault. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, to be fair, you didn't... Not only did you not smoke that actually, but you also weren't quite sure how to get it lit. I was totally failing to light it. Yeah. Context, this was for... It was a prop for a music video that we were shooting senior year of high school. Yeah, for... It was my senior project, and uh, it was just something that I had written as the for the character to do, and... Uh, it was just it took a while for for us to get that damn thing even. I light. did not know how to light a cigarette. Nope, it was a little rough. I, I know now. I still struggle to light cigars. I have a hard time lighting cigars. It's well, I mean, you should use a match for those to begin with. Yeah, but yeah, so there's a lot more effort that goes into that. Anyway, yeah, but getting getting back along to the story, Timothy does not get back that day. It's just over four miles the entire hike. Yeah. Hiking four miles an hour is a lot. That's that's probably not going to happen. That's no, probably going to average two miles an hour. Yeah, that's pretty average. Yeah. one mile an hour, slow, but still, still going to get you that whole trip in just four hours. Yeah, there is no reason that he should not have made it back to camp by dinner time. No, so questionable why they decided not to report it until the next morning. But again, there's details that we might not have. Maybe he said he might camp. Maybe he said if I'm not back by morning. You never know. Uh, also, they may have decided that night to report him and couldn't find a ranger. The ranger said, oh, let's wait until the morning. Like, there's a number of things that could have happened. Yep. Or there's also the possibility that they they were involved. Yep. And they made him disappear. These are all totally plausible things. Because given, you know, if, if you did want to make your friend disappear, starting it, not telling telling everybody, ah, he started his hike at 9 a.m. We haven't seen him since. Gives you a lot of headway to hide a body. Yeah. Not saying that happened. I'm just saying, you know, there's there's possibilities for these things, and we have to acknowledge them. Fair. But still, they started looking for him the next day. And according to the Department of Justice, there was actually an extensive search. They didn't give a ton of details on what that entails, but based on other extensive searches, probably dogs, at least several dozen searchers, if not a few hundred. And then on top of that, probably, you know, aerial searches. Yep. I'd be very surprised if there was not a helicopter involved in this. Um, but again, law enforcement does not take missing adults super seriously. They will look, but they don't waste resources on it. So is there a, I know for certain jurisdictions, unless there's foul play suspected. No, no. I, I, what I'm more specifically wondering is, I know certain jurisdictions it has to be at least 24 hours since they were supposed to be back mm-hmm. that you can declare them as missing persons. But yeah. I'm wondering if that's a general standard. Or I don't if that think it's a general standard. I, in fact, I've heard that's a myth. Really? Yeah. That you can report someone missing. Like, the police might not take it as seriously, but I think it's that they're required to take it seriously after 24 hours, but you can report whenever you want. Um, They just might not take it seriously if it's only been... If you're like, oh my god, my husband's 20 minutes late, he's missing. Like, that's... They're gonna be like, ma'am, please wait another 20 minutes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, similar to Jeff's route, like I said, it was adjacent to a creek the entire way. Would have been very very difficult to get lost. And with this one specifically, there are creeks, trails, and a highway ringing this area in within two miles in any direction. 
You cannot go more than two miles in any direction from any point on this trail without running into another trail, creek, or road. Mm -hmm. So he would have had to have gotten lost within that area and stayed there. Yeah. Or he would have had to deliberately leave. Why would he deliberately leave? Really, uh, not... <laughs> no information on that. But it makes you wonder about this area, about this cluster, about why the National Park Service is so reluctant to go into detail on any of this. Yep. And that's what we want to be doing with Independent Air, of course, is we want to get funding for that, you know, maybe a, a TV deal so that we can actually go in and do the due diligence on these cases and, you know, going because obviously I, I'm very superstitious. I believe in all sorts of weird stuff. Yep. You're less so, but less so, yeah. You know, for me, I'm I'm happy to go into it and say, yeah, maybe it was Bigfoot. But I'm also gonna look at it and say, Oh, well, you know, here's where this one person was last seen alive and here's a shell casing, so <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean the math checks out. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, like if we had been able to get to Lily Pond Road. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I know Branding. it's pretty aesthetic. I know. <laughs> Uh, next time. If there had been a parking lot, it would have been fine. For those who don't get what we're saying, if you haven't seen Into Thin Air, it's our, uh, our documentary on the Tom Messick case. Yeah. We took his car because we were going for a supernatural vibe, and he drives a black Camaro. I drive a white Jeep Wrangler. You know, they never had problems having to go off-road. I wonder if that's because it was fiction. I wonder if it's because they never had to go up, like, hiking trails. I mean, they did. They just hiked them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Which second we, episode of the show. We could have done that? If there was anywhere to park. There was nowhere to park. And it's also an area that, like, we were outsiders in, you know? Yeah. Like, we didn't really want to intrude and just park on the side of the road yeah. or something it, like yeah, that, it, you know? It wasn't like at a national park where they have, like, a parking area and you can just go and trail hike yeah. somewhere. It was, like, a non... Like, I'm not even really sure what... It was like a, a private road. It was almost. a dirt road that leads over... It goes over towards an old sawmill. Though. Yeah. So, you know, it was essentially an industrial road that hadn't been used heavily in several decades. And Yeah. Uh, thanks, Ed Nassily. Uh We're glad you think the stories are boring. That's cool. Like I just said, we're not storytellers. We're researchers. So... If you don't enjoy it and you want the storytelling version, go to Mr. Ballin. That's what he does. That's, I mean, I appreciate the view, but we also have story time, which is where we actually do storytelling. This is just more of a... Yeah, research discussion. Yeah, we, we discuss research in an academic context. Yeah. Like, that's what the show is. That's what the show's always been. Um, and Archie's over in the corner. Hi, buddy. But Hi, that basically takes us to the end of the, the stories for today because... Again, like I said, there's not a ton of details on this one, unfortunately. It's a weird cluster. It's a weird set of disappearances with a number of similar characteristics. I don't want to go into the missing 411 profile on this one because there's, like, it's, it's like, the more we research these cases, the more I look at that profile and I'm like, this is just, like, grabbing a bunch of random shit on a scatter plot to see if you can make a <laughs> yeah. line. Well, there's got to be it, like way. It, Literally, if you just, like, if you found a way to quantify this stuff and put it on a... On a scatter plot, yeah, it just be all draw a line. Well, it'd be great if there could be a way to just like scale it down. Essentially, <laughs> all the flavors in the world, and he chose to be salty. <laughs> <laughs> also, did you just call me woke, my brother in Christ. Do you know who I am? 
boy. I will say, because I, I did want to apologize for last weekend, um, I, I did have a little bit of an outburst. Uh, it was a 9-11 memorial segment, so, like, I yeah, understand. It, but but I, I also know that people watch this show, you know, sometimes with their kids. Yeah. And we do, I think we generally do a very good job of keeping it clean. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely more of a PG-13 show i think but a lot of the time it's pg yeah i but i i, I tell people to be safe you know that yeah, yeah i would PG rate this pg-13 yeah, yeah, yeah. um but like that was an r segment you know that that if you pop into somebody's 9-11 memorial segment on 9-11 to make fun of their height like it's just I, like it's one of those things where it's like just time and place. Yeah, because like, like we don't. I, I would not have. Res- I would not have responded that way if they did it. If he did it right now, yeah, I would have been like, okay, whatever. I'll just ignore it. But yeah. uh, you know, it that's... was. It, it wasn't that it was disrespectful to you or the show. It was dis- disrespectful to people we were taking the time to remember, which yeah. is you know, an entirely different story. Yeah, but let's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, Ed, 186 people. How many does your podcast get? <laughs> Oh, uh, that's the thing with this guy is that you don't want to start a war with him because he will finish it. Listen, my stepdad uh, can be very mean, and I learned from him—not from him being mean to me, but from just like yeah, him being mean to people who definitely was warranted from. Yeah, I'm a bit more of a pacifist, turn the other cheek kind of person, and he's like that enough of the time. But there are plenty of times where it's just like that so, enough. I was raised to be a little on the fiery side. Yeah, uh, but all right. So I want to I want to start off. We're we're getting to the Q and A section now. So yes. to remind everybody, we do have this uh, handy little number up here now at the top of the screen on the upper right, where you can see what the super chat total for the month is so you know how far into the donation goals we are which means that we are about $15 from hitting the blue snow shovel self-defense course which I really want you guys to hit because I want to do that I think that would be really funny so I want it you want it we all want it yeah I knew it you know, <laughs> yeah. I knew you were gonna do that I yeah. uh, at 750, we will write and record a Wendigo trial skit in the style of My Cousin Vinny. Okay, here's the thing. I don't even know exactly how we're going to do that yet. So what we're going to do is we're going to put the Wendigo on trial, and I'm going to pretend to be from Brooklyn. And then I'm going to I'm gonna interrogate this uh, man-beast, this demonic But then demonic who's going to be the Wendigo? That was more Jersey. A little bit, yeah. I was kind of uh, going for the like, North Jersey vibe. I don't know. We're going to have to find some to be a Wendigo. Norman. <laughs> True. I was just gonna say Archie, but oh yeah, Archie can be the one to go. Well, no, he's the Skinwalker yeah. defense lawyer. Yeah, and for a thousand, for a thousand dollars, we will shoot the Halloween theme sexy calendar. So, please don't. That's uh, please don't. Also, I'm glad you think that the the outburst last week was warranted, guys. That uh, yeah, no, that we, makes, we appreciate that. That makes me happy. Um, I I try not to scream expletives during shows, but I <laughs> he really holds it in a lot. <laughs> What the? Is up, Denny's? <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> that video is insane. Yeah. Uh, so, but I want to start off this Q&A section. Send in Super Chats now. If you have questions, we'll get to those first, and we'll answer as many non-Super Chats yep. as we can when we have time. We're going to end the show around 8 p.m. tonight, because we still have to shoot, and then we got to catch House of the Dragon at 9. Uh, I hope you guys are watching, because it actually is very good. I was I was worried and it turned out way better than I had expected. So, if we wanted to do, if if people have an interest in a season one of House of Dragon review at some point where we discuss just like as a, I'd be happy to do that with the lore and everything. Too. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be really fun. So, but yeah, to get into, I'm going to start with uh, with um, Super Industries question. 
that he sent into the Patreon. Okay. Um, that's something I'm just going to start doing. I'm just going to check this every week now plan, and, yeah. and answer everything. So if you definitely want me to answer something, send it on Patreon. You can subscribe for $1 and I'll check it. I've got a bunch of you that I've got to respond to now, now that I'm looking through here. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, we also still owe people thank you notes. Oh, we got to get better at that. Mm. Um, we are trying to like we need a better system. organization. Uh, it's just a matter of like, there's uh, so much. All right. Uh, I'm going to leave out certain parts of this at the end. I'm just going to read it in my head and, and give people the details just because I can see that some of it's personal. But uh, um, let's see. I uh, went through some stuff since realized there are definitely demons and God is real. The reason people go insane from eating people is because of stem cells that are in the spine that can be released with certain posture and spiritual bracing. But arrogance and trauma tend to cause a negative feedback loop. Think about the golden ratio. Humans were created by different beings that called on God's power like Jehovah or Maui for the Polynesians. We have to make our neck and body strong so we can allow the Holy Spirit or stem cells and egghead terms to make us like Samson. If a man goes to the wild, he's going to adapt in real time to be a wild man or a wendigo because of this. And demons tend to try to enter people from the bottom chakra, which is the biggest sign of demonic thought. You're unloading a lot of shit on me that I was not prepared to read right now. There's a lot going on here. I respect it. I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just like, it's a lot to take in. The primary literature I'm going to need to see is on the stem cell spinal yeah. Um, relationship. Yeah, I'm there? definitely, I'm definitely interested to look into where you're coming from with this. Uh, let's see, uh, this is why prison functions how it does. It's an instinctual response to break someone's will after having your will broken and breaking your flow of energy. I smelled death on me for a while and realized why I was afraid to sleep. So explain giants and shapeshifters. Ask yourself how they become that. Uh, da, 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 da. Yes. So I definitely agree with a lot of your premise here. Not sure if I agree with all the details, but that's because there's a lot of details. Um, but there, yeah, there are a number of reasons that people uh, would go insane from eating human beings. One of those is prion disease, which I think is probably along the same lines as what you're suggesting. Yep. Um, prions are, I don't totally understand how it works, but the way prion diseases work is that it infects you and it starts to eat away at your uh, your nervous system and your brain tissue. Mm -hmm. So, But it, it does it in a way that it doesn't kill you. At least not for a long well, it's time. A, it's, a, it's a, almost a parasitic kind yeah, of... Yeah, let me... Uh, I'll, I'll pull it up. Prion disease. So I can explain it better. Thanks, okay. Prions occur when normal prion protein found on the surface of many cells becomes abnormal and clumped in the brain, causing brain damage. There we go. This abnormal accumulation of protein in the brain can cause memory impairment, personality changes, and difficulty with movement. So it's a buildup of the wrong kind of uh, thing in the wrong place, basically. Yeah. Also, really quickly, can we take a hot second? Will S for five dollars said, "If someone donates fifty dollars in the next ten minutes, I'll go scream insults at the bone at the bone tree and post a video on TikTok." Don't do that. Don't how, scream at the bone tree. How many times do I have to tell you not to fuck with the bone tree? We've been over this, <laughs> Will. You're not supposed to mess with the bone tree, Will. The amount of times that we have covered the bone tree issue, where we have said, "Please do Please not, do not mess with the bone tree." <laughs> We, we want to see evidence of the bone don't tree. Don't bother the bone tree, but my guy. Don't mess with the bone tree. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can find that email really quick. <laughs> For those who are new or newer and are not familiar with the bone tree issue... Oh, I found the bone tree. There's a bone tree, and we're going to give you the context. Yes, so here's the context of the bone tree. Um, according to, to oh. Will... <laughs> He said, he works at a paintball field, so we've got a decent stretch of woods that are pretty untouched. The bone tree in question is a massive oak tree, probably a good six feet wide or more. There was a circle of bones around it when we first moved in. After we moved those bones, this is why I said don't touch the bones around the bone tree, Will. 
Because I'm f well, fairly certain that in a super chat you said there's a there's a big bone tree, and we were like, "What does that mean?" And you were like, "There's a tree with a bunch of bones around it." And we, were like, uh, we were like, "Don't, don't touch, touch the bones." bones. And then Next you thing, went, <laughs> we you touch the bones." <laughs> And we were like, why did you touch the... This is the whole thing. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yes, J.D. Petty. They are mad cow disease and CWD are also prion yeah. diseases. Chronic wasting disease is terrifying, and it's spreading at a very rapid rate among the North American deer population. Is it really? Yes. And you can also get it from eating deer that are infected awesome. with prion diseases. Awesome. But only... It's like if you improperly cook them. Like, it's not, it's not right. just eating. It's going to kill you. But, uh... Right. Yeah, um, but if you see deer with chronic wasting disease, they'll be walking around with, like, their jaw missing and, you know, uh, gashes in their side. Like, they look like zombies because they have no, like, no real control. Uh, there's yeah. also funguses that do this to ants and beetles where they'll infect it and control the central nervous system. So yeah. you'll have a bug that's dead but alive. It's, it's weird. It's really terrifying stuff. Um, you know, the, zombies the, are real. The, and, and I will say, you know, a lot of the stuff that we chalk up to being paranormal does end up being stuff that's very, like, explainable. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when I talk about paranormal stuff, I'm not saying that there's never any opportunity for this stuff to be proven. Yeah. I'm just saying we don't understand what it is. Yeah. Paranormal means something that science has yet to explain. It doesn't mean something that is beyond explanation it just yeah. means something which is as of yet unknown yeah we just don't have the knowledge yeah. of the context as of yet to be able yeah. to properly articulate what it actually is for, for example the one hypothesis i have that uh demonic possession manifests as schizophrenia mm. like yeah and that maybe lithium prevents demonic possession mm. not saying that that's completely true but i'm saying that's yeah. like it, you know we live in a, a natural world with natural laws if god created a natural world with natural laws then ostensibly he would have to work within them yeah you know an omnipotent being could theoretically limit itself true uh but yeah so after they moved the bones shit started happening uh not much for the first year or two but in february of 2021 things escalated i saw this skinny creepy thing on the side of the road joe biden <laughs> um, he's skinny and creepy Careful. he sniffs kids <laughs> he does Careful. You've seen the videos of him sniffing kids. Careful. I wouldn't be surprised if Bush also sniffed kids. Oh. They all knew Epstein. Which one? I don't know. Probably both. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably about four to five feet tall. Ah, uh, can't be Biden. Uh, <laughs> Danny DeVito? Uh, he's not skinny. He's not skinny. Uh, probably about four to five foot tall on all fours. Oh, on all fours. Oh. Wait, yeah. wait, okay, here. I'm 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 five nine, so on all fours. That's scary. I don't like yeah, that. Tall as shit. I don't like that. No. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so uh legs way longer than they should have been, movements didn't match what its body was doing, and then something was stalking around my house for a day or two. Other people in town had weird shit too. That's because you moved the bones from the bone tree, Will. Animals freaking out randomly, voices trying to coax you into the woods, just not good stuff. A week after that, we watched something in the field drag a deer 200 feet and then tear it in half. We have video of what's left of the deer. Uh, it didn't eat it, by the way, just killed it. Can you send me the video? Why of did the you deer? not send the video? I need the video of the deer being, uh, not being ripped in half, but I need the video of the deer pieces. You know? Um, 
But, uh, yeah, uh, we thought it was a coyote and a turkey at first, so whatever. He knows the bone creature. <laughs> no, 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 he's just the trash man. He would absolutely play the bone creature. Oh, my God. Are you kidding yeah. me? If you handed Danny DeVito a script and say, here, we want you to play the bone man, he would be like, hell yes, if I will he, be the bone man. If he lubed up and got himself out of a couch naked and yeah. always sunny, he was willing to do anything. I cannot believe that is a network TV show. I know. <laughs> Who let that happen? Yeah, so anyway, anyway uh, so whatever that creature was, it dwarfed this deer. Wisconsin has bears, but they're way too far south for that, and a wolf is too small. After seeing all of this, the woods just got worse. If you get near the tree, it's dead. Uh, oh, it's dead silent. It feels like you're being watched, and you'll hear something big darting through the underbrush. We've seen human-like figures lurking in the woods and disappearing randomly. Our manager saw it first. After that, he and his family were having daily nightmares of red eyes coming through the tree line. A quote of what he did back, a quote of what he said, back in late June, I walked out to the tree and hammered seven iron nails into the tree in the shape of a cross and blessed the ground at the base of the tree with holy water. Finally, I poured a salt in a circle around the tree. Since then, he says the nightmares are gone, but weird shit is still happening. Last Monday, I jokingly went, what's up, flesh pedestrian, while standing in the tree line, and next thing I knew, a six-foot tree was moving because something ran past it. Um, Apparently, they're now self-aware of the terminology yeah. that we created. So, yeah, we're having a great time up here in Wisconsin. would love to hear what you say about this shit. So, yeah. Okay, so, Will, put the bones back, my guy. <laughs> the bones were there for a reason. I... <laughs> I... Well, didn't he... Did you not give us an update last time that the bones... You put the bones back, or... Because there was an update before today's update about the bone tree. Hmm? It was like a month ago, a month or two ago. Yeah, I forget what the update was. Uh, Will, if you want to toss it back in. Um, and Cakes for four nine nine says, I've been going through it lately, but you've boys been keeping me sane. Thank you both so much. Well, we're glad to be helpful. Thanks, Cakes. It means a lot. I'm glad that you're enjoying enjoying what we do and that it brings some uh, some life to the day. We, we would do this even if there wasn't an audience, so we're just glad that it can be enjoyed by anybody. Yeah, this is basically just what we used to like talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we should sit around and shoot the shit. It, it'd really just be like him researching some of this stuff and me just asking questions because I found it interesting. Yeah, that's... So. Uh, Noah Isaac for five said, Yo, Aidens, I'd love to see uh, an episode based on cryptids or missing 401 based in Illinois if they're already major enough for a good video. I will look into Illinois, yeah. Sure. I'm sure that we can find uh, Illinois folklore and cryptids and all that. That shouldn't be a problem. Missing 401 might be a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Not, not I mean, Illinois is pretty, pretty flat and... and... Not a whole lot. Of yeah, we'll have to on. we'll have to take a look at it and see what we get. It's not like flat, flat. But Let's see, it's not like West Kansas flat. <sighs> what else we got in here? Um, normal Tuesday night for Danny DeVito. Yeah, basically, <laughs> you agitated the flesh pedestrian. That would appear to be the case. Uh, <laughs> no, my manager threw the bones. You threw the bones away, bro. You got to put more bones around that tree. <laughs> Possibly your manager's bones. <laughs> Um, please, don't, need please don't kill your manager. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, Y'all don't, need new don't, bones. Don't, don't, don't kill the manager. Uh, do find new bones, though. I hope that there is not some form of ritual that existed prior to your knowledge were, that you were they, follow. Were they human bones? Or really were they not. animal bones? I'm going to assume animal bones, right? I hope they're animal bones. Uh, also, Shadow Wolf... Um, we have done a few videos that involve Michigan, like the Dogman video we have. Yeah. Uh, check that one out. That one's definitely about Michigan. Yep. Uh, we're working our way through all 50 states right now. I'm, I'm doing for our folklore videos that come out once a month, because uh, now we've broken it up. We do a haunting video, we do a folklore video, a missing form one video, and a cult video. Yep. 
the folklore ones, we're just going to go through uh, some of the main ones from each of the United States, and then we're going to move over into Europe, and then make our way down into Africa, and probably eventually Asia, mm-hmm. uh, as well as South America. So, yes, we've talked about the squonk a number of times. The squonk? Yeah, the squonk. Which one's the squonk? The squonk's the one that, uh, upon being perceived, it melts into a pool of tears. Oh, right, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Our favorite. Yeah, it's the one that hates its appearance. <laughs> oh, what <laughs> so a much that it Me melt. too. Sacrifice the manager. <laughs> dog man. Is it a dog-like man or a man-like dog? It's a dog-like man, uh, which I have theorized could have something to do with uh, interactions between the Huron and the uh, Inuit, because mm. the Inuit have the Adlet, which is a dog man, mm. uh, which comes from a very interesting... There's a very interesting story behind the Adlet. It's that uh, a young woman in Greenland doesn't want a young Inuit woman in Greenland doesn't want to get married to a man so she marries a dog and they have kids and half the kids turn out uh white like Caucasian and go east which sounds to me like a much later retelling of the story of the Vikings leaving um and then and the Vikings also of course did have their Ulthednar which were uh people who would wear wolf skins yeah. and you know do mushrooms and then go into combat that's a thing. That's a real thing that happened. Um, oh, sounds like a history hut to me. But yeah, so, and then the the dog people go over onto the mainland into Canada. And there's a number of tribes that uh, have stories regarding the dogmen. Hmm. And, uh, you know, there's, there's also some social and cultural stuff there, like referring to tribes that they considered less civilized than themselves as being dog-like in order, basically, as a way to look down on them and suggest they were subhuman. Yeah. So, remember, kids, everyone's been racist at some point. <laughs> every, every culture has been Every culture's been point. racist at some yes. point, yes. Um, you know, or at least, like, has significant in-group bias. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just a psychological fact. Uh, well, very, very strongly regarded theory that has a lot of supporting evidence. What was it? in-group bias and okay. tribalism and things like that yeah sorry because I, 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 I called it a fact but it's not a fact it's just yeah. a very strongly and highly regarded theory um <laughs> my psych minor and my mother with a master's in psychology really coming in clutch there um uh there we got two more super chats i don't know if you yes. what can you read them uh they've gone away um, in Illinois, there is a mountainous national park in the southern part of the state, plus the Cuyahoga Mounds and Seven Gates of Hell. I do think the Cuyahoga Mounds are really interesting, and I want to do a video on them anyway. Um, I haven't gotten around to it. Seven Gates of Hell, I've also heard of. I, as far as the national park goes, I will definitely look into that one, because there's almost certainly a weird disappearance there, because national parks just kind of have those. Dry chicken. Do we know Critical, and would we go on his podcast? Number one. Would we go on his podcast? Yes. yes. Do we know him? No. Are we one degree of separation away from him? Of course we know him. It's Critical. I know. I meant, like, we don't know him. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I thought you meant just, like, in general. Like, yeah, no, of course we know We would absolutely go on that podcast. Oh, okay, uh, and I know I know Wendigoon's been on it. Oh, is he really? Yeah, so we're, we're one degree of separation from a lot of people via Wendigoon. <laughs> yeah. I'm also the same height as Charlie. That's really... I, we should have you fight. That'd be hilarious. I want to I wanna see a boxing match between be you so and Charlie. That would be really funny. Yeah, no, I've, I've been... All right, you heard it. You heard it, Charlie. You heard it right here. You probably didn't hear it. I can't imagine There's you're watching no this. Shot but if this somehow makes its way to you... We want you to fight Aiden. 
I mean, I think it'd be good entertainment for the masses. I don't think I quite qualify for uh, Creator Bash or whatever the no. fuck that. I don't think either of us do. Yeah, no, not even close. Wendigoon does, though. No, no. Yeah. So, what do you have to have? A million? Uh, probably like 300K plus. Yeah, I don't probably. know. I feel like 100K is like you're starting to be a real. Like, yeah. 50K, you're starting to be a real channel. 100K, like you're. You, okay, you're in it. Like 250 to 300, it's like, okay, you're like a yes. respectable channel now. Ooh. One, plus. one thing we are working on with Wendigoon, I don't have a release date for this yet, but yeah. uh, we're going to be doing a video on giants. Oh. Um, North American, South American, and in uh, Jewish folklore. So we're going to be doing a video about like the giants of Patagonia, the Cite Ka, yeah. uh, and the um, Rephaim. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a, a an encompassing video on like the similarities and the differences and where they come from in mythology, like, you know, what what's the path of descent? How do you get the Sika? Yeah. How do you get the Patagonian giants? Which the Patagonian giants are probably just very large human beings, um, but the Sika might be something different. The uh, the Rephaim seem to have been humans who were very large, so we're going to be doing a lot of that. But yeah, we uh, he and I talked about it, and we're going to be doing a video on that. I'm really excited for it. Um, let's see, Springheel Jack. What are we looking at? Aren't dog people just furries? Is why? 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 Um, speaking of local cryptids, have you guys heard of Snipes? I feel like I have. Yeah, you've heard of Snipes. Going on a snipe hunt? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while, but... Yeah. Uh, oh, and Plaz has a seven-month member message up there somewhere. Let's go find it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, there it is. Y'all familiar with the Red Book of Westmarch, the alleged source of Tolkien's world? There's a conspiracy theory that it contains real history. I have heard of it. Uh, I don't have nice things to say. I haven't read through the full thing. I just know that suggesting that Tolkien's story in Lord of the Rings is supposed to be real history is so absurd... Uh, partially because when, yeah, you know, a lot of people will come up with something like that who aren't historians or theologians, and then, uh, when you are both of those things, like, yeah. even, even though theology for me is more of a passion project and not a profession, like, uh, a lot of Tolkien stuff comes from Judeo-Christian stories. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of it is adapted into this other world. Tolkien was a devout Catholic. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, there's just no chance that, <laughs> no. But I, I should cover that. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Yep. We should probably get that video filmed. Yes, though. we should do that. <laughs> but uh, I did really quickly, though, want to talk about, uh, just last thing here. Um, hmm. Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, which is a human prion oh, disease. Oh, it is a neurodegenerative disorder with characteristic clinical and diagnostic features. This disease is rapidly progressive and always fatal. Infection with this disease usually leads to death within one year of the onset of illness. 
rapidly progressive, invariably fatal neurodegenerative disorder believed to be caused by an abnormal isoform of cellular, cellular glycoprotein known as the prion protein. Creutzfeldt Jakob occurs worldwide, and the estimated annual incidence in many countries, including the United States, has been reported to be about one case per million population, which means that approximately 350 people in the United States a year get Creutzfeldt Jakob disease. Mm. Um, it is not related to mad cow disease, and it's also distinct from variant CJD that is related to BSC. I think that's mad cow. Um, Variant is a prion disease that was first described in 1996 in the Yukon, in the United Kingdom. Uh, there is now strong scientific evidence that the agent responsible for the outbreak of prion disease in cows, bovine spongiform encephalopathy, uh, mad cow disease, is the same agent responsible for the outbreak of variant Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. So mm-hmm. Creutzfeldt-Jakob itself is not actually related to mad cow, yep. but variant Creutzfeldt-Jakob is. Um, I don't know how the hell you get it. How do you get... Oh, wow. I don't like that. Hmm. Google just auto-filled. How do you get Kreutz... I, write, I typed, how do you, and yeah, Google yeah, yeah. auto-filled. Can be translated from affected person to others, but only through an injection or consuming infected brain or nervous tissue. Hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Well, that kind of creates another question. Which is? Uh, how are 350 people a year getting... Kreutzfeldt Jakob? Or 350 people a year eating? Oh, through an injection. So, uh, yeah, so probably needle sharing. Don't share, don't do drugs, but more importantly, if you do do drugs, don't share needles. Or or just, like, try and avoid ones with needles in general? Or if you can't avoid them at all, just... Yeah. The bone tree was in Wisconsin, Wesley. Yes. Uh, what do we got here? Judas Goat Barbecue. That's incredible. That is one it. hell of a name. For $10. There are also legends of giants in ancient times on the island of Malta. Adding Malta to the list of things to look at. I know I know that also, uh, yeah, uh, Sardinia and Corsica also have some, some very interesting ancient stories. Huh. Ah, Natalie, you're back just in time for the show to end. <laughs> <laughs> Great but timing. But we did... I'm looking up at that number. We did hit $500, so you guys are going to be getting your Blue Snow Shovel self-defense course. I've been waiting for it, baby! Time to go to Home Depot. Oh, it's going to be exciting. Um, I wonder if they even have snow shovels right now. Might have to call Chad. <laughs> hey, Chad, can you ship us that snow shovel? Uh, imagine having the snow shovel. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's oh. a good way to avoid getting scary diseases is to uh, not do intravenous drugs, not do cannibalism, and use protection. I feel like all three of these things should be very easy to do. They should just be the baseline. And yet many people fail to do <laughs> In the words of Mario, if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. What? Mario who? As in, it's a me, Mario? You go to hell before you die. <laughs> Luigi, what have you done? You're a sinner. I find you with the needles. And why are all these prostitutes here? <laughs> what is Peach going to think about this? Not Peach, it's, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Peach is Mario's, who's yeah, Daisy. Yeah. What did they, what what the the Daisy think? think? <laughs> Where do you get this from? The Donkey Kong? <laughs> Oh. oh, yeah, this is absolutely horrible. <laughs> that was awful. That oh, was great. The though. Bowser was right there. <laughs> the Bowser? Oh, Donkey Kong. Oh, was Donkey Kong not part of the... No, Donkey Kong's a good guy. I mean, he was originally the bad guy. 
But um, yeah, I just I, I'm, I'm, yeah, no. I guess I'm outdated. Then. <laughs> God, you're not up on your Mario lore. Apparently not. <laughs> I didn't grow up with Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't eat brains either. Um, Who's don't eat brains? brains. Like just you already have a prion inside of you that's making you a zombie. No, guy? somebody somebody said I stick to muscle group meats. Yeah, just like don't eat ba- don't eat brains. Fair. Lots of organs are safe to eat. Liver is safe. It's actually very nutritious, but I hate the taste and the texture. Um, Liver King is going to be disappointed. And he is welcome to be disappointed. <laughs> I've watched that man eat so much raw meat that I am shocked that he is still alive because I cannot imagine he's going getting it fresh from the butcher. Um, I can only imagine going to Acme, grabbing a steak, and being like, yeah, this'll do. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Yeah, but like I told him earlier, I made a delicious bison bolognese today. Um, if you cook with bison, it's amazing. It's got a great flavor, a great texture. Make sure you cook it with a lot of butter. I, uh, you know, if you want to maybe, like, simmer it in heavy cream, that would probably work. Mm, yeah. Uh, you know, or AI, like if you did a, um, a roux. Maybe uh, to add some, some flavor to it. <laughs> well, Seth Rogen is playing Donkey Kong in the movie, so it may have some heavy drugs now. Oh, and I like the <laughs> with like the Seth Rogen yeah. laugh. That's great. Uh, Donkey Bong. Donkey Bong. Yeah, that's that's how I'm referring to Seth Rogen from now on. Oh, uh, you might as well. Um, but Love yeah, bison. but yeah, bison. When you cook bison, you gotta you gotta make sure you add some fat to it because it is typically very lean. It's yeah, ninety percent lean. It's which, really good, but yeah, delicious. But definitely add some butter to it. Uh, bison burgers are great. Oh my god, I've made some. I've made some banging bison. And the thing is, you add with with a burger, it's so easy because you can add mayo, you can add uh, cheese, like yeah. you know any number of things that you can just toss onto blue cheese. No, you know, anything that you toss onto a bison burger. I uh, also I really want to get my own meat grinder. Because I feel like we could make some really cool steaks, uh, like yeah. steak steak burgers. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, could do uh, like bolognese sauces that are pre seasoned. Like Ooh. we were, yeah. And that the farm that I worked at, they uh, they have their own meat. It's fifty percent Angus, fifty percent Wagyu, and so you know we can just go right there and pick it up from exactly. the freezer, leave cash, and it's it's really good. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um. If you can't tell, we like we enjoy cooking. Yes, it's, it tastes it's nice. He's it's nice. He's very good. But all right, uh, oh, bison for tacos—that's a good idea. Ooh, that would work really well. Sloppy Joe's too. Yeah, yeah I love bison. Um, you know, cow t- beef is great. I like beef, but a, a, a pipe dream of mine—it has always been like as just an aside thing. If I ever had the money, is a bison ranch. A bison just, ranch. Just because, like, I I just I they're such regal animals. And it's such a shame that they were. Like, well, when wild we build, when we build the Lore Lodge, we can have a bison ranch. Yes. Help us build the Lore Lodge, and let's say Alex the bison. says, "I love lean." <laughs> we're saving their gains the to gain you gains, exactly, guys. <laughs> yes, but it actually came out really good in the in the pasta sauce. I got to tweak the recipe a little bit, but I've got uh, got some plans for it. Um, Gator oh, taco. Should we throw a? We're do we're, so what we are doing. Uh, we're both getting back to the gym now, and on on the way over to my place to watch the new episode of uh, House of Dragon. After this, uh, I'm going to be picking up some protein powder. Does anybody have any interest in following our process on a lift lodge? Something Snapchat probably Snapchat like him doing a Snapchat or we, we have shirts like, that update. say the lift lodge on yeah. them. Like do we you actually have nearby? Uh, no, I don't think I have it anywhere nearby. But, um, no, but <laughs> literally our logo, but the deer. 
Skull has a uh, a barbell in its mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so, that skull. So that, but it's got a barbell in its and mouth. And it's like it's, it's curved because there's so many weights. Yeah. In the end. And instead of lift, it's instead of lore, it says lift. lift lodge, um, yeah. It's it's great. I love it. Uh, but it, so if you plan on going to the gym, pick yourself up a, a lift yeah. lodge tank. But yeah, if you guys have any interest, the main reason I ask is because if like if there's an audience, we're gonna feel more obligated to stay consistent. And I, I know my biggest problem with the gym is consistency. So mm-hmm. could yeah, be fun. Exactly. Could be fun. Uh, and I need to. Go easier on leg day. I have learned. Yeah, uh, we we were lifting a little bit uh, on Friday, and just like while well, I had some break during work, and he was done researching for the video, and yeah, we did we did a little bit of legs, and I threw out my back when I was moving, so I went like lighter, and yeah. this guy decided to squat some some heavier weights, and he's uh, wasn't he's too feeling. heavy. I think I just like was too much to go straight back to yeah, it. My yeah. legs still hurt. I was only doing 135. Yeah, but that's the thing. If you've is been away from it for a while, it dude, it's it's like it's. <laughs> I have such a warped perspective on what's heavy now. <laughs> that's like an addict having gone to rehab, not using for a decade, and then going back to the same dose that they had before they went into rehab and overdosing. Um, but yeah, uh, guys, my Snapchat's the same as everything else. I branded myself accidentally when I was fifteen. Everything's the Aiden Mattis. Uh, <laughs> so if you, if you want to follow Lift Lodge, uh, I'll have a story up for that. Yeah, um, you might as well. I'll share it to my my story next. We could make we an go. Instagram account for it. True, we could. Um, post, or we could post shorts to YouTube just yeah. like from our phones. Yeah. But I have I have so I. Uh, also, if you're if you're looking at buying Lore Lodge stuff, the coffee, the coffee is so good. Oh, it's really good. Like I'm, I'm so happy with it. Uh, it came out exactly as I wanted. You can also support Stakuyi because he has a coffee as well. His is more chocolatey. Yeah. Ours is more of a uh, mild with berry undertones. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely a little bit of chocolate and nuttiness in there, but it's it's a little bit more uh, traditional coffee. Mm-hmm. His works really well with um, with chocolate. So yep. either pairing it with chocolate or if you make it as an espresso. For those who don't know, espresso is not actually a type of bean. It's a process for coffee. Uh, that involves taking a very specific amount and then running extremely high pressure, extremely hot water through it. Yep. But the idea is that you tamp it so it's very, very compact, and then you push the water through it, and you only pull about two to three ounces. Um, and so that's what espresso is. You can use any coffee for espresso. Yep. It's so, just a matter of getting it that fine and then yeah. having the process. The ability it, to yeah, do it. it needs to be very fine, and you need to make sure you tamp it down very hard. Uh but you can get like an espresso espresso machine and you know get your own pods for it and just grind it into there. Yep. Um, but yeah, so our our coffee is in the description if you want to check it out. We've also got an Amazon storefront where you can get the books that we recommend as well as coffee supplies, whiskey supplies, uh, t-shirts, bags. <laughs> the Lord Lodge will be a bison ranch and a gym. Honestly, that sounds incredible. That's the I I'd be so in. I mean, uh, the, I mean the Lord the Lord Lodge will have a gym, a gym for sure. Yeah, um, and it's gonna be rustic as hell. Oh, I can't wait! It's gonna be so so rustic. Instead of instead of um, like steel weights, it's just gonna be like circular pieces of oak <laughs> that you put on the end of the bar. So that way, instead of a bit like a loud metallic clang, it's, it's just like thud. a yeah, it's just like a wooden thud. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun, or like yeah. walnut. I do. I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but once we actually do, we do want to build ourselves an actual like bed and breakfast lodge. Oh yeah, like yeah, we, we want to come yeah. stay at and stuff. Yeah, and we want to get a nice big plot of land, and we want to have camping for free. Yeah, we want to have designated camping areas where you can go and just camp for free, and yeah. we'll we'll have rental equipment, um, and basically you know either bring your own stuff or pay fifteen bucks to rent a tent. Mm. Um, 
you know, probably a much higher security deposit because tents are expensive. Yep. But point is, we want to start a thing where people can go camping for free yep. because camping is one of one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, Obviously, in order to pay for like the land initially and then the taxes every year, like we would need to have a substantial, sustainable element of the lore lodge, but like. With that capability, that's the dream. Yeah, I want to offer the camping for free. And yeah. obviously with, you know, the option to have a donation, to yeah. sponsor equipment for somebody else. And we want to have, like, a lodge area where it's, like, you know, it's a communal space yeah. that you can use for, you know, like a wedding venue or something Yeah, like exactly. That. You know, we want to bring, uh, I also would love to bring scout troops yeah. up and have them do it. Uh, inner city, you know, schools. Yeah. I would love to offer, you know. Be awesome. You know, for a weekend, we'll we'll give you all the equipment for free, all that. Come on up, and you know, we'll provide we'll provide uh, food and all that. Just the school district has to pay a certain you know yep. pay to cover it. Basically, the idea here is for the camping side of things to not make money, yep. but rather sustain itself and allow people to do it for free. So we'd be relying on our own profits as well as uh, donations from people who have means yep. to sponsor that experience for other people. Because I yep. really do believe that getting out into nature and experiencing that is like very important I think oh and so many people don't get enough time out in the woods oh i know that for sure because when i was working at the the farm that i i was at uh two summers ago not this past summer but the previous summer uh at one point we had a, a an inner city school trip come in and it was you know a, a big group of kids with a bunch of counselors and you know because i was working there at the time i was helping like guide them through the land and explain certain things that were happening there and a lot of them just like were like yeah i've never really like been out of my block in the city before and like I've never just really, and it's not because they didn't want it. It's just like I just didn't really have yeah, the opportunity. They don't have the means. And some of us like I never really thought about it. Yeah, you don't know how to do it. Yeah, and like we had like bee like a beekeepers beehives that were there, and like they were asking a bunch of questions about that. And you know, it's a, a working uh, like half cattle ranch and half like farm, and mm. a lot of the like the corn and stuff is used to feed the cattle. And it was just you know it was a really cool experience just seeing what kind of questions they asked and. You know, obviously not everybody's going to be that interested in it, but like the people that were was absolutely fantastic. So yeah, this is it's definitely definitely on the list. And for those saying you want a shooting range, it will have a shooting range. Yeah, very far from the camping area. Yeah. Oh, but there, the we, liability. Yeah, on I that. plan to have both. I want an indoor and an outdoor, and I also want a bourbon yeah. tasting bar. That'd um, be fantastic. So we're going to have a full stocked bourbon bar, full stocked cafe. Um, and, and the idea here is basically that it's going to be, uh, you know, I, I, and there's other stuff I want to do. I want to have, like, extended living options, you know, mm-hmm. basically cabins that you can rent. You know, say you're taking a gap year or you're an author and you need to get away somewhere. <laughs> you mean us? Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, something like that. Like, we would love to have that as well. But, oh. All right. Uh, but, yes, Noah, there will be a pew-poo range. Uh, I don't know about hunting Hunting is, uh, there's state laws that get involved there. I know for private land, you can hunt as much as you want, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing, is, like, if we're not, that's where it gets weird. Because, like, where does, if if it's just considered our land, it's not public land, and, like, where would that cross the line of, we're just having guests come and use it, versus, you know, like, you're clearly using it as a business or anything like that, so we'll figure it out. I mean, we we don't we're not even anywhere close to getting the actual land for Lore Lodge yet, so. No, we, we got a long time until we're at that point. yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, would you work in any special numbers in the design? Probably not. Um, you know, I am a Freemason, but that's not my sole identity. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm... the girl argued milk came from Walmart, not cows. Oh wow, that's upsetting. Yeah, the American education system, everybody. But yeah, but yeah, it'd be fun to have a shooting range with like historic weapons, like a 1903 Springfield, yeah, a, that'd be a, cool. a Lee Enfield from World War One. Obviously, they would probably be you know 
later. There'd be a large range at the range. Yeah, but you know, I want I want to be able to show people that you know here's yeah. a here's a Civil War musk like rifle. Here's a, yeah. a Revolutionary War musket. This is how they had to deal with yeah. things back here's then. A, here's a 1960s archery issue uh, M16. Yep. Here's a uh, you know modern M4. Yep. Just let people come and try out cool cool weapons and learn about gun safety and yep. all that. Um, one That'd guy who cool. I've done some work with in the past. I think you, we've both done some work with Mosh Tour. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mosh Turay from uh, Black Guns Matter down in Philadelphia. He's North Philly native. Um, yep. Teaches de-escalation, gun safety, training, um, yep. you know, how to interact with police, how to interact with other people who are armed. Yep. You know, awesome dude doing some phenomenal work. And, yep. uh, you know, stuff. I would love to have... You know, have have some uh, opportunities to work with him on that as well. Yeah, he would probably be my go-to guy to be like, "Hey, you know, we want to do a gun safety course. We want to do a de-escalation course. Can yeah. you can you help us out? Can you write a can you write us the thing, and we'll we'll pay for it and all that." Um, so you'd be also be able to help uh, help with a really good mission. Um, yeah. you know, it, he's done so much work to make inner cities yeah. safer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, really fantastic guy. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for any any nonprofits to donate to, his is. Very solid, absolutely. Um, you know, and I've met him. I've talked to him personally. He's a good dude. Um, <laughs> and remember, muzzle-loading black powder cannons are completely legal. <laughs> oh, we can have cannons at the lore lodge. We can. Uh, percussion revolvers are gorgeous too. Yeah. that's for sure. Uh, but all right, we have got a video to film so that we can have more content for you guys on Friday. We got a bunch of stuff coming out. We've got yes. History Hut coming back. Um, oh, yeah, I guess we didn't officially announce Oh, that, yeah, we've but... got History Hut coming back. Yeah. We're starting off with the American Revolution because I'm basically going to take whatever I am studying in school and make content about it. Yep. I am paying for the education. I will be paid for the education. <laughs> it's uh, a revolving door. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for watching, and uh, we will see you next Sunday. Bye, guys. See you, everybody.